Greetings, friends, and welcome to this episode of the Communication Guru Podcast, where we believe it's not always what you say, but how you say it that matters the most. I'm your host, Tim McMurtry, President and CEO of Tim McMurtry International LLC, a business consultancy specializing in personal development and training, government and public relations, along with corporate and community relations and affairs. I'm delighted to have you join us today, and I thank you for your listenership and viewership of this show. Our aim, as you know, on this platform is to discuss nuances and insights relative to the communication continuum to help you maximize the impact and results of effective communication within your own spheres of influence, be it your family, be it your workplace, be it your business or any place else you find yourself. We're here to help you to become a top notch communicator. So be sure to like, share and subscribe to this podcast, The Communication Guru Podcast. The Communication Guru Podcast so that you can be notified when podcasts are up and available for public consumption. Now, there's an adage that states the more things change, the more they stay the same. Now, we've certainly witnessed a bevy of changes stemming from a global pandemic, including but not limited to a whirlwind of disruptions to how we conduct business, to how we engage loved ones, to how we attend social and entertainment events. And the list goes on and on. But through it all, however, there are some things that have indeed remained the same. One of those things is the need for financial security. And as a matter of fact, it has probably become even more important that our finances are secure and our financial wellness is stable because we can weather storms like this, even if we didn't see them coming. Now, there are lots of factors that contribute to financial security and wholeness to include streams of income, investments, financial loss mitigation, strategic spending, and a host of other things. As such, it can be a sticky subject to communicate about. Folks don't like to talk about their money. You know what I'm saying? Money, 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 money. <laughs> Leave my money alone. <laughs> so on today's episode, I am thrilled to have a fiscal guru on the show to help us unpack and navigate the financial security labyrinth so that our dollars can straight up make sense. Bars. <laughs> he way. is a premier financial advisor with the not so quiet anymore company, Northwestern Mutual. He is a business owner with a growing client base. He is a trusted advisor. He is a husband and father to a wonderful family. He is indeed a class act and a good friend. He is none other than my brother, Mr. James J. Benjamin Bell Man. Jr. <laughs> What's up, brother? Welcome yeah, to the yeah, show. Brother, I'm, brother, I'm <laughs> doing good. That was a phenomenal intro, man. Oh, you, man. Got, you got me jacked up here, man. I'm just saying. I got to come with it today. Yes, sir. Gotta yes, sir. match that vibe. Yes, sir. It was fully deserving, man. That's who you are, man. That's who that, you are. Bro. Yes, sir. My that, pleasure. Man. My pleasure. So tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, where you grew up, a bit about your background, and what piqued your interest in this kind of, you know, finance industry type of type of field? Sure. So I'm going to take you back to the beginning. Okay. okay? So, uh, so, so I'm actually um, a Milwaukee boy born and raised. Okay. And, um, and growing up, my, uh, my biological father and my mother, um, they, they didn't get married. And so essentially it was just me and mom for the most part coming up. 
and um and my dad was you know a bit older and so um so I I, I watched my mom work you know a couple jobs growing up until I hit about second grade and she married uh, my stepfather. Mm-hmm. Stepfather, he worked for Fader Hospital. You know, he played football for the Badgers when he was there on the line. So just, I just knew him as this larger life, big black dude. Okay. Right? And, um, <laughs> and and life quickly changed for us. So we started going to, uh, we got a house. We started going to Disney World and Packer games. And I just thought that, wow, like this is what life is going to be like. Nice. Um, but unfortunately, when I hit about fifth grade, fourth grade, um, my mom came and she said that, you know, your stepfather has something called diabetes. And mm. that was my introduction to it all. And um, it, sixth grade came around and that's when the amputation started. Pretty much from about eighth grade on, he was permanently disabled. And so I watched mom go back to work in, you know, just a lot of jobs, just longer hours and spending a lot of time with my grandparents. And so I had to quickly understand that my help um, getting out of, you know, financial problems was going to come from my effort. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Now it's a really powerful thing for me to understand early on. Wow. And so I went to um high school and um was fortunate enough to go from about um third or fourth from last in my class, eighth grade, I got most improved student, went to high school, and I ended up graduating valedictorian. Okay. And I was really Congrats. excited. Okay. You know, family <laughs> see, I could turn it around. You yes, know? sir. Um, but you know, my senior year of high school um started December thirty first, two thousand four. My grandfather passed away from a heart attack in front of us. And then about a month and a half after that, I lost a friend in a fire and it was on her birthday. I was upset that she didn't pick up my phone call and she actually ended up passing away. Didn't know that. And then the month before I graduated high school, my stepbrother, who was a primary brother I grew up with because my mom's only child, was killed in a robbery. Mm. So at this point, I'm just, you know, I'm down and, and I wanted to go to Duke University, you know, and I ended up staying here locally and going to Marquette University. And um, and that the people at Marquette kind of served as my first healing from all that stuff. Some of the friends and people that I met. Yeah. And um, I was going to become a history and and a history teacher. I was a journalism major and history double major. And the only thing I wanted to do is teach um, black people primarily about their history before slavery. Uh. That was something that was really important to me, really just kids in general, because I think we don't really spend a lot of time on that. So I was really intrigued. So, you know, I'm plugging around, finish college, go to graduate school. Things are going well. In my last year of graduate school, my father ended up getting diagnosed with a rare skin cancer. Uh, okay. So by this time, I'm like, every time I'm trying to advance in life, yeah. I have to deal with some type of thing that's maybe out of my control. Yeah. Okay. And so that's major. Uh, that's major, right? So how I got into the financial industry is trying to figure out my dad's financial affairs. Mm. And I started, my mom is an accountant and she introduced me to her financial advisor. And I started sitting down with this advisor to go through my dad's affairs. And that's when I learned I was a somewhat of an intelligent fool. I got all the way to graduate school. I had none, no, no idea about pensions and foreign care, anything about life per se beyond that. And in our third meeting, she said something to me that changed my life. She said, son, you seem to be interested in all this stuff. Have you ever thought about becoming an advisor? Wow. And I looked at her and I said, Lady, have you ever seen sixty thousand dollars of student loan debt? We don't, we don't switch now. <laughs> I only got one more year to go. I'm gonna that be a no. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, you crazy? And so you know, so she's like, you know, I know I really think you're big. So we go back and forth. I say, ma'am, I don't think this is for me. Mm. She says, well, how about you come work at our call center? Maybe we'll pay you forty, fifty thousand dollars while you're in graduate school. Then after that, you can go teach. And I said, 40, 50 for a call center. I said, my, my legs got to shaking. I'm, the, I'm trying to remain composed. And I said, okay, you know. So I go to three interviews. And in the third interview, I meet with the managing partner. 
And he finally is the one that breaks it to me. He says, son, I hate to break this to you, but um, there is no cost in the job for 4050. Sherry really believes you do well at this. And I really want to send you an offer to try. Wow. And so, you know, so at that moment, you know, now that, did, you, did you feel like you were duped or did you feel still like, OK, this is man. She went around the bend to bring me here. Maybe there is something here. You got to understand, brother, I'm sitting in an office. The At that time, the second tallest building downtown Milwaukee overlooking the lake mm. and he literally was challenging me he was like what do you want I was like i just want to make 40 50 000. he looked at me and said that's all you want mm. and at that moment that's all i could see yeah. right you know what i mean i'm going to a profession where i used to say maybe by the time i'm 45 i can make eighty thousand dollars yeah. <laughs> that's all i'm talking back then you know uh -huh. what i'm saying and um and so i think i was just intrigued like man what what is this that they have more what is this abundance mentality so my girlfriend then who's now my wife uh -huh. her mother and my mother um, those three ladies influenced me to take one semester off to give this a try. And you speed ahead. November 1st would be my ninth year. I'm the longest lasting African-American advisor. My agency is 120 something year history. Wow. So it's funny. I wanted to teach history, but I've been blessed enough to make it. And, uh -huh. I, and that's why. So I realized, you know, there's a difference between. And so, I, you know, for me, I, I say the Lord's Prayer with my children every day. And I always ask for give me what I need. Give me my daily bread. Because sometimes my wants are not right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I'm, I'm okay if my wants are not for me. If they're not what it's going to help me get to the next level. Man. Just give me what I need. <laughs> Wanted to teach history, but I've been blessed to make it. That is history. Wow. That's, that's, man. So, so given that circuitish route to where you got to, having to overcome the challenges that you had to overcome, I mean, those things are real blow, particularly death. You know, I had a sister that passed my old, my only sister, oldest sister, you know, really, really, that was my homie. She was, she took up for me. I mean, that was, that was Tia was her name. May she rest in peace. I mean, and, you know, I had experience, you know, loss before, you know, people in the family, you know, relatives, whatever that had died, but nobody that close to me had ever died before. So when you tell people, you know, my condolences, you know, our prayers are with you, the, it didn't mean nothing yep. after it, it was, it was a blow, not that, you know, no offense to those people, not that they didn't mean well, but when you have a blow like that, there's nothing anybody can do that can soothe that blow. You just have to adjust to your life now without that person that died in it. And you know, there's no instruction manual on how each individual even does that, you know? And so for you to be able to overcome those losses, back to back and still have a modicum of mental stability and not just throwing the towel. Like every time I take a step forward, it seems like I take two steps back. Mm -hmm. I mean, for you not to succumb to that, man, is, 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 is commendable. So big ups to you on that, you know, as you have been making this, this, this history. On that tip, uh, what in your estimation are the key essentials to financial security, including financial literacy and insurance and, you know, the whole kit and caboodle of what goes into, you know, the, what's, what's the starter kit for financial security? Sure. So, you know, believe it or not, the first place that I would start that I do start when I'm sitting with a client is to help them to start to find some definitions um, that work for them. Growing up, I wasn't always the biggest reader growing up. 
but I learned how to fall in love with words, mm. you know, something about the word discernment would always would just, it would pull me in wisdom. It would pull me in um, finding, you know, certain key words that can kind of fuel you is really important. So when you deal with this word, financial security, I think one of the biggest things is, is to give it a definition that works for you. So for us, we always say, if you don't have one, you can potentially borrow ours. But we believe that someone is financially secure when their income is no longer based on their labor. And often we'll have people say that, say it, just say it out loud. It's like, my income is no longer based on my labor. How does that feel? It feels good. Okay, great. It's going to take some work to get there though. <laughs> right. But you know, uh, my dad, for example, he's retired. He'll often jokingly call me and he'll say, son, are you at work right now? I'll say, of course I'm at work right now. He's like, good, because I'm enjoying my social security. Keep working. <laughs> <laughs> right. Tom's got jokes. Right. <laughs> but his income now is no longer based on his labor. Right. And it's a different kind of piece. Right. Mm. So once you've kind of defined your own definition for yourself, something you can write down, key thing, write down, you have to see it. People want to be what they see, as they say. Mm. Right. Um, Then you move on to developing a firm foundation. So look at your financial planning picture, almost like a good house. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I had a lot of clients buy houses during COVID there, you know, then also they're buying houses or they were getting on their Robin Hoods and becoming um, Junior Warren Buffetts. A lot of that going on, right? Um, and so I, when people would come talk to me about houses, I had people say, man, you know, the the bedrooms are beautiful. Oh, my God, the kitchen, the granite, the tops, they went, they went in, right? But um, not one person ever said, JB, let me tell you about the foundation of this house. Oh, my God. I mean, if the winds, I kn-. so I never heard that, right? So they bought these houses, and then the rain came. Mm. The snow came, right? Mm -hmm. And then you start to learn which houses were actually built on something of note. Mm -hmm. So we always say saying that we prepare for the things that can go wrong so we can truly enjoy the things that will go well. Mm. So that foundation is what? Castle. Do you know what's coming in and what's going out each and every single month? Why is that important for me? You don't have to necessarily budget every single day, right? But it's so important to understand what is coming in and what is going out. Why is that important? Well, number one, I can actually understand if I have a savings problem or a revenue problem because they are not the same thing. Okay. 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 Some people beat them. So we have some people come in. I was like, I'm just a horrible saver. We go through a budget of their fixed expenses. So not the fun stuff, just their fixed expenses, the stuff that must be paid, the mortgage or the rent, you know, the credit card payments, the student loan payments, whatever. And I had this one lady, she made $84,000, just bought a house though. I go through her budget, and at the end of the day, she only had $120 left over after she pays just her base bills. That's why she's been using the credit card more. But mm. didn't know it because she didn't know what was coming in, what's going out. Even at making $84,000. Yes, I see it. We have clients who make $150,000. I see it all the time. Fundamentally, we're not, we're not always groomed to understand what comes in, what goes out. Mm. Now, if you understood that number, right? You maybe would negotiate a salary <laughs> mm. as opposed to just taking what they give you. Mm. Maybe you could be honest and say, you know, my base expenses are X. And I know if I accept this role, knowing that I'm only going to have two or three hundred dollars left over, I'm going to enter into the world of stress. Mm-hmm. Okay? And in the financial planning space, time is more important than money, in my opinion. Mm. Right. But if you're going to plan well. You have to recognize that there is something more valuable than time, and that is energy. 
because if you don't have the right energy, the time doesn't matter. Uh. Right. So I have to be cautious about stress. You know, the book says interest paid on debt. I may not even know. That's what stress is. Right. Uh. So diagnosing problems efficiently, because then if I have a revenue problem, then that means I need to focus on securing better employment, developing better skills, staying up a little bit later, reading, researching, you know, doing all the things. If your worst problem is you just need to make some more money, get over it. You are blessed. The rest of the world, there's over 3 billion people don't have a clean water to drink, right? Mm -hmm. You can fix that. Right. And you have to approach it with that kind of zeal and that grit. I can fix a revenue problem. Okay. Mm -hmm. On the other side, though, we have our people <laughs> that there's 2,000 left over, 3,000, 1,000 left over, and they have no idea where it's going, right? Because if you don't tell your money where to go, you're always going to wonder where it went, uh -huh. right? Now, those clients, those are people that people like me, financial advisors, we can be the most impactful for. There's not a lot of, I can't make the money for you. I can give you some motivation. Right. But typically a financial advisor is going to be best suited to help one with financial planning who have savings issues. Mm. Okay? Right. Financial planning and financial literacy are two different worlds. Mm. It makes sense. Mm -hmm. okay? So, you know, I think about, again, just finish off a couple of just foundational. I can go on for days about foundational things. But when you think about what's coming in, what's going out, um, if I get sick, if I get injured, if I pass away, well, what happens is I lose income. Why is income important? This is the promise I have to my family for the lifestyle I plan to create. Well, if I don't have my income, I can't do that, right? So now we start thinking about the life insurance, right? The disability insurance, the long-term care insurance. A lot of us look at those as different lanes. In my opinion, though, they actually all are tackling the same issue, the fundamental loss of one's income mm -hmm. and how it impacts that family. Mm -hmm. you know, I don't buy life insurance per se, thinking about just paying off some debts. Well, well, my wife is going to still have to pay property taxes on this home. If I'm just thinking about paying a house off, what about that? Right. You know, what about inflation? What about all these? Other so I'm thinking about replacing my income, not just paying off a debt. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And then the last thing I'll say is just maximizing the things that come to you that are free, understanding what does my job actually give me, right? Um, do I have a debt management strategy? So these are foundational pieces. You can't, I, if, in my opinion, you want to tackle the foundation first, then you move into the world of strategy. Mm. Now you can start talking about, well, what's the difference between doing a Roth versus a traditional IRA or, you know, um, you know, we don't we can't give advice on any kind of cryptocurrencies because it's not regulated in that way. But whatever your thing is, whether it be business, whatever, now you can kind of get in strategy. But my fear is that sometimes people want to go to level three and they haven't done the foundational pieces to be successful there. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and you said a, a, a mouthful with that and even just from a basic fundamental level, this whole thing of knowing what comes in, what comes out. If one can just do an experiment yep. with that, just do for just for a month or two, just note all of your what goes in, what comes out, be diligent over, you know, knowing the state of your flocks, as you know, it says in Proverbs, that right there is is that was that was powerful amongst a bunch of things you've just said there. As it relates to that strategy piece, you being one that's, you know, well seasoned now, you know, the business owner, the, the guru and stuff like that, you know some of the ins and outs, the backstory, the foundation, you know, you kind of can write an encyclopedia on this. Money for many folks, though, has been something that they never were encouraged to know about when they were growing up, couldn't ask your parents about the money, you know, in many 
many families because none of your business just da da da. da. So now you got this eh, money is, is I can't really talk about it. Then going to you know jobs and things like that, people would always associate education with what you were quote unquote worth in terms of earning power, et cetera. And so there never seemed to have been just an open portal on, hey, you want to know about money and finance? Here you go. I mean, the stock market was always kind of this mystery, the Dow Jones industrial average and all of that. So how does a person even get to the on-ramp of being able to scratch the surface of this money stuff in a way that's approachable and they don't or they aren't made to feel like an ignoramus because they don't know all of the stuff that a, a JB know. You know, some of these things um, I actually think are um, less about the money issue and more about um, the mindset and how we communicate, not necessarily with others, but how we communicate with ourselves. Okay. Right. My my father, I, my father said something to me when I was about five or six years old. It's the only time in my life I've ever was able to yell at my dad. Uh, I was upset with him about something. I think I don't know if he like came to pick me from school or something, but this rare out of body experience. Anybody who has an old school, my dad's eighty one, old school black father, you know, you have never yelled right. at that man and survived and survived. <laughs> so I forgot to tell him, but I actually he gave me this gift. So I was upset. I went off, and my dad said to me, he says, "Son, listen to me. Um, this is going to be the last time I ever let you yell at me. I hope you got it at your system. Uh. But your job as a child is simply to be better than me." Whether you do that at 10, whether you do it at 20, whether you do it at 40, that is on you. And then he, and he literally put his key in the ignition and he drove off and told me never talk to him like that again. And I never did. But something about him saying that unlocked something in me mm. where I said, it's my responsibility mm. to take my own life into my hands. Mm. And I began to close my mind off. Have I been successful? Every No, I struggle like everybody else. I have my faults where I maybe look out comparisons of Thief of Joy, right? So I've had my, my issues there. But I have made it a value of mine to focus on JB and my life journey and close my mind off to the noise. I no longer get excited. JB, you got to do this. This investment opportunity was great, blah, blah. Oh, I did this real estate. None of that really matters to me. The only thing that matters is am I waking up every single day giving it my best? I, I only ask three things for my son and my daughters. Every day, you must learn something new, Mm-hmm. eat at least one thing that's healthy and do one thing that is kind and be able to tell me at the end of the night what that was. Mm-hmm. If you just do that, that's all I care about. <laughs> right. And you're, you're building up that muscle memory. So I think we have to just kind of get financially speaking. It's okay to not know everything. Um, and guess what? You're not alone. Um, believe it or not, a lot of successful people who you think, oh, because they make the, the problem of the successful is sometimes when you make money in this country, we just automatically assume that you have it all together. And it's just not the truth. Mm. Okay, my mentor told me a long time, rich people are never as rich as poor people think they are. Mm. And that's beyond money. (laughs) Mm. You know what I'm saying? That's life. That's wisdom. So it's not. So I don't elevate people that high, in my opinion. It's okay to to start somewhere. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, And then beyond that, you know, the the old proverb goes, you know, if you want to go fast, go alone. Right. But if you want to go far, you go together. Right. Okay. Um, 
we live right now today it ain't like how it was even when we were kids do you remember car catalog and going to the library <laughs> reading a book you know what i'm saying like Fair. like this is the world of google <laughs> like what, really you know you can't find information really you know what i mean this is some of these things you have to kind of just talk to you like I, really i can't go get information not not in this so you, there's a lot of information out there but when you get to kind of find some people or reach out to people and just ask questions mm -hmm. um then you can actually because information isn't knowledge right so um what i would say to that person is this number one work on your mindset know it's okay to start off from wherever you start number two understand that wise people will give you wisdom if you're humble enough to simply ask mm. okay um i started my career how did i get off to a fast start I would ask my clients, I need one of two things for you. either. Number one, it would mean a lot to me if you organically introduce me to someone that you like, love, care about you, that you think I can help. But number two, I love if you can introduce me to someone who you think can offer me wisdom, whether by being a better husband, father, business owner, teacher, doesn't matter. Mm. And I would sit with these people and I'd have wisdom meetings. Mm. And I'd ask two questions. Number one, when you look back on your life, what are some things you felt you did well that most people my age are missing? Number two, what do you wish you would have improved upon? And these people across the country just gave me wisdom, mm -hmm. just just gave it to me freely because I asked. Right. Huh? We don't have because we don't ask. Uh. So instead of saying no one ever taught me, I didn't grow up around this, whatever. Here'd be my question back to you. What's the last person you asked help for? Do you got do you have as as many people who did not help you? Have you have you asked that amount of people for help that are different from them? Uh. So that personal responsibility thing is 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 real. One, having a mindset that nobody owes me anything. Mm -hmm. I have to go ahead and own my life and what I get in or out of it. It's a gift. Yes, mm -hmm. it's a gift. Mm -hmm. Every, everything. I don't take anything for granted, you know. So, yeah, that's that would be my big learn, learning, learning gratitude in that way, brother. Gotcha. 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 So for individuals that as they OK, I've been asking for some folks and I asked for some wisdom. And one person gave me some wisdom about loss mitigation and said I ought to take some things into consideration and consider that as I'm moving forward. I've made the decision to take that step. How do you communicate the value of loss mitigation, such as life insurance, when many people, when they think life insurance, they think the death of somebody and don't really want to broach that, that, that subject matter because of that. Sure. So um, I probably was a lot better when I was younger because now I've entered to the world of, I know what it's like to deliver a life insurance check on a client that I wrote that, and I sat with that person and thought about what they would need to do and whatever, and deliver the check personally. I know what it's like, mm -hmm. right? So my um, conviction now is very, very high. And so um, I'm very direct with people at this point in time. Mm -hmm. um, life, you know, it's funny, insurance in general, if you really think about it, brother, the reason why most people don't like to buy any insurance, car insurance, phone, it doesn't matter, whatever, is because they're like, well, what if I never use it? Mm. You hear that a lot. Well, what if I never need it? Why would I buy the iron insurance? What if I never use it, right? Last time I checked, I don't know about you, but I don't know anybody who hasn't died 
that won't die. <laughs> it is a hundred percent certain right. that if you have this one, you're probably going to use it. Right, right. right. So, uh, so, so the first thing, so what I tried Enoch from the Bible, exactly. only one of him, and, then, and the exception exactly. has already been used. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So, so I, I tried. So, number one. Um, when I approach people, I approach people believing that the answers to their problems are already inside of them. I'm just uncovering things by asking questions. So one of the things I try to do to alleviate that pressure is I like to ask questions to them that get them to think about how life will go as time goes on. You know, I like to ask them questions of, hey, um, do you know the name of your great grandfather or great grandmother? Some people say yes. What about the great great? And I'll see how far I can go back. Some people can only get to their grandparent, right? And I'll ask them, I'll say, hmm, you know, when I think about it, there are a lot of important people in history. But for you, no one is probably more important than your family line because if they don't exist, you don't exist. And do you think they maybe want it to be forgotten at this point in time? Uh... Well, maybe not. Well, what about you? Like, do you do you want to be remembered in the future? Like, what is that about? And what I'll tell them is, you know, what we leave in people is always going to mean more than what we leave for them, whether that's positive or negative. Right. But when you leave um, assets, whether it be life insurance or dis or not life insurance or um, investments or real estate or business. Right. What it is, is it's, it just becomes a, a, a an enhancer of um in, of helping those values get to next year because ultimately underneath all that the foundation should be values because otherwise you can actually destroy your family by leaving them too much stuff without the clear values right mm. so so you know so i try to approach it from a let me ask questions to understand what your values are believe that good things are in you and i'm okay if that's not your value too everybody doesn't have to leave life insurance right everybody it's, you know it's about listening to the person so the questions is important Number two, it's um, it's getting them to um, think about, you know, every single area of their life and the role that income plays and, and, and just checking in to see, are you comfortable with family members potentially suffering from a lack of planning on your end or not? Mm-hmm. You know, so it's just it, it, so so for me, brother, I don't I don't go into any situation assuming that a person um, doesn't want to protect their family or doesn't want to, because I recognize if I do run into a person that either a doesn't love anyone. Right. Or um, B kind of doesn't care then I'm OK with walking away because that's not aligned with my values. And I would never want to bring someone in that we don't have an alignment of values. And that's OK. You know, I don't I don't look at them as evil people, per se. Yeah, yeah so it's not even a, 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 a sales approach with you. This is a value alignment and introducing folks that are interested to various things that can help them satisfy those values. Because it, it, it's seasons, too, right? Somebody may not be ready to talk about death in this season of life, mm-hmm. but maybe a seed that I planted by just talking to them will be watered later on by the next person. And I'm okay with that. I am at peace with my being in my place. Yeah. And how it becomes a flower is irrelevant to me. I just want to make sure for while I either breaking ground or whatever cycle I'm in, I just want to make sure I'm doing what I can for that person. Yeah. That's all that matters to me. What are your on on that note, what are maybe the, I don't know, top two things you find most satisfying about your service provision? And what are probably the, you know, top two challenges that you've experienced? Sure. So the 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 most um, the thing that I'm most honored to have is the fact that I have people across 16 states now that I serve 
Wow. And I always joke around and say I'm kind of a unique type of professional in that because of the insurance we may do, I tend to know just as much or I know a lot about one's health. More, you know, sometimes a little bit under what their doctor may know. Right. Yeah. Because, you know, it's just part of kind of natural part of the thing of asking questions in that way. But number two, because of the investments that we have under management that we do in helping clients save, you know, strategically for retirement, stuff like that. I tend to know just about their finances as their accountant. Mm-hmm. Right. And then because we don't believe that we believe that when you just sell in products, um, absent a plan, absent understanding their life, their values, that's abuse. In our opinion, you're just selling stuff to sell it. Right. Because we do planning. Right. Meaningful planning where they have a written or electronic something they can see, touch and feel. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I tend to know just as much about their life and values as maybe a pastor or a spouse. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes I have spouses come and they'll talk to me individually about things they go through, whatever it may be. Right. And uh, in those three areas, I can be sued like all those other professionals. <laughs> Who else does that? You know what I mean? Like you don't necessarily talk to your doctor about your money. You don't talk, you know what I mean? So, yeah. so it's such a unique position that I say, man, there is so much responsibility there yeah. that it forces me to um, be very careful about how I live my own personal life integrity wise, mm. because I want to make sure as I show up that I'm wise counsel. Mm. And the fact that I have people across the country, you know, over 400 people across the country now that give us, the, me and my business partner, the ability to be on their team yeah. and serve as their um, advisor, it's humbling. It, wow. It's the greatest, it's one of the greatest gifts ever. <laughs> that's, know? that's, man, that's, that's, I, I, I never thought it, well, I'm not in your shoes, but never thought about it that way in terms of you having um, that much access to uh, probably three of the most important aspects of a a person's life and as you were doing that how do you you know build up the trust for people to be able to as it were pour their hearts out you know to 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 you in in those kind of ways you and your business partner sure again it comes back to definition right if you tell somebody have a definition of financial security you have to have a good solid definition of being a financial advisor Mm. and for me an advisor um in their best sense is essentially a good or great friend. Mm-hmm. And a friend to me has kind of two foundational purposes. Number one, to um, return you back to love, mm-hmm. right? Um, and hopefully in my sense, we also like to return you to some really good dad jokes. You know, they, they come. <laughs> when I like, I love seeing people laugh, right? Uh-huh. So laughter is a part. If you don't want to laugh, I love making people who don't laugh often uh, make them laugh. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's, it's, it's hilarious. Okay. Um, but the second part of that is to return them back to their values, not my values, mm-hmm. to return them back to the values that they said are most foundational, or important to them. Yeah. So, you know, when I think about it, as I sit down with clients um, and just sit down with people um, again, I'm comfortable that I am not the planner for everyone. Mm-hmm. And it, I'm no longer at a place in my career where I'm, you know, trying to meet with anybody who can fog me or no, I'm comfortable with giving and I know what's for me will be for me. And it's just why even with our clients, we tell them, we don't want every time you see us be like, who do you know? Who do you know? We love it when it's just an organic thing. I have clients all, JB, I want you to talk to this business owner. I want you to do this, but this person needs help with a settlement, whatever. And they're doing it and it becomes more of a partnership as opposed to me being an overseer. I don't look at my clients as cattle, right? I'm here to serve them. Either some of them I'll serve for a lifetime. Some of them I'll serve for a season, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm at peace with it all. Mm. Nice, man. Nice. So so given we're coming out of the hopefully fully out of this whole pandemic, 
there was, you know, a lot of disruption that we talked about earlier at the top of the, 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 the episode for the individual that may seem that, hey, man, y'all don't know what I went through. I went through, you know, some loss, maybe experienced some of the hardships that you, you even talked about earlier as well and just might be at their wits end. What are their intermediate steps that they can take on, I don't know, personal assessment to get back into, you know, the, the, the swing of things. You talked about earlier the uh, either revenue issue or saving issue. How does one, if they're like, hey, man, I'm just, I'm just out here. I just got hit by a, a, a tornado of light. How do I get back in the saddle? Yeah, so a, a couple of things to that end. Um, I'm, I somewhat believe this. Um, I, 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 I go back and forth. I get in a lot of trouble because I um, feel like this is something that um, – but there, there's an idea that one, I can't care more about your life than you do yourself. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, I've been, I've resisted all the time because I, I go hard when, when I love someone or love a thing where I can see something. But um, I have had to deal, unfortunately, with some circumstances where, man, I can't want it more than they want it. And I will tell you, I went through a lot of things in my childhood, but the older I get, the more grateful and appreciative I am of the pain. Mm. Um, they say success creates confidence, but failure is what kind of creates character. You know what I'm saying? And, um, I, so I have gotten to a place personally where I am no longer, I'm desensitized to, um, in being overly attached emotionally to pain. I actually feel like it is a natural part of my story. Uh-huh. I am supposed to go through pain because if the only thing I went through in life was good, I could never truly appreciate it to the extent that I do by having pain be introduced and vice versa. Big fact. So so I think, number one, you kind of have to get to this place where, again, you're being careful about what you're telling yourself and not being accepting of like, it's OK to not know. Um, but you also have to deal with reality. <laughs> and here's the reality. Some goals. Right. It's too late for, period. Um, and that's okay, right? Goals, what unfortunately about goals is once you get them, you tend to be on to the next one, mm-hmm. right? Um, think about all the things we wanted as children and think about the things that we were finally able to get, that, that shirt, that clothes, that trip, whatever. You're not talking about that thing now, right? Um, so unfor- so goals, like, uh, unfortunately, they just have this, like, it's like a never-ending cycle. And I, I have goals, too, and I want to hit them, and that's fine. But what I'm most concerned about is making sure every day I get up that my actions are aligned with my values. And I think when you start getting committed to that, yeah, everybody acting crazy, whatever. But guess what? Today, I was kind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I learned something new today that I can articulate. Mm-hmm. And I ate something that was good for my body. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, it, it's just, Rick, you know, so that's one thing. Another thing I do with my kids now is I got jar, two jars. Right. One jar is in that we put pennies in it. Mm-hmm. If you wake up and you get up and you go to school on time, you get a penny in one jar. Mm-hmm. But if you're late, you get a penny in the other jar. Right. Why? Why am I doing that? Because if they get to that end of that semester and those grades aren't right. I want them to understand it was those little small decisions right. they were making. Contributing factors. You know what I'm saying? That you can evolve out of any circumstance if you can commit to just having some activity that is positive. So for those people, I will say, I'm here. 
You haven't called me yet to say um, to ask me a question. I got I know a lot of people. I know, Tim, I know, you know, a lot of people like that. We are. I don't care if it's private in, in, in a group. Doesn't matter. There are people among you. And if you could just accept it and wake up every day and say there are people who want to help. I have to ask. You will have help. I guarantee Ooh, that man. That, that right there. I'm coming to the end of the show. I ain't going to monopolize all your time. I got one or two more questions. But that piece right there, man, this. The personal responsibility that it go it goes back to that. If one can police him or her own self and make it a point to say, you know what, whatever the challenge is, whatever the desire is, I'm gonna contribute to that. And ain't nobody gonna be more in tune with my contribution than than me. That in and of itself settles so much because you know god created us to be successful and to have dominion so as we are tapping into that personal responsibility not taking anything just laying down if you get knocked down i ain't gonna stay on the mat i'm getting up things will come you said you don't have things because you don't ask for them when you ask you ask for that wisdom and it came and you benefited from it so so long as we're willing to take necessary accountable action we can rest assured that hey man stuff is gonna get better for you by the sheer fact that you are taking actions in that direction yes Yes. that's 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 powerful what has been in your estimation just the last two questions what has been the greatest lesson you've learned about effective communication the the greatest lessons i've learned have probably come through marriage for me, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, there is no relationship I've ever wanted to work more than my marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, and what my marriage has taught me is how to be um, relentless and um, to never give up on pushing myself to figure out different ways to be effective in owning the responsibility of communication. I am not mad or upset when my wife or client or my children don't understand what I'm saying. I own that. And I say, well, what if I try it this way? You know, I've done therapy, I've done coaching, I've done you any, I'll read books. I, I am real. I will do whatever it takes <laughs> to help a person um, better understand the motive that I have. So I think that lesson of just being relentless and owning um, it's my job to make sure I, I, I do a good job at, at making sure um, I help you understand where I'm coming from. And I'm not going to hold you to read my brain and know what I'm thinking. Uh-huh. That's been a big help for me. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh, excellent. Last night I talked about something like I talked about something along those same lines in the previous episode. But so I have to say this. I point. have to say this though. Uh-huh. If you really think about it, terms of me not with the wise people, mm-hmm. and you know, and it is not regardless of the podcast. You were one of the people that poured wisdom into me. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? Yes, sir. You didn't have to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we just met, and we talk about other stuff. But you still, you're one of those people who I asked a question, and the wisdom came. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But that. That, that it's been helpful, man. Um, people, wise people will give you it if you just ask. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for that shout out, man. I appreciate it. Any last things that you want to leave our listeners with? Yeah, you know the the biggest thing that I would say is um, to me, this is one of the greatest times to be alive, to be well. 
Um, I'm a hopeless optimist, and I pray that you all are too. I think um, being overly pessimistic is probably one of the worst um, sicknesses that we have left unintended. So I just I just encourage everyone to um, to you know own the day. I encourage everybody to think bigger and broader about doing the work of um, generational wealth and of um, value development. And lastly, um, I, I encourage everybody, especially those who are parents, to start writing to your children at least once a month um, and thinking of whenever you do pass away, you'll have volumes and volumes of things to give them. I write to my children because I want them to understand what it was like being 34. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, or when we when they get in the, when we resolve a conflict, whatever it may be, I, I try to keep a written record because once we're gone, again, what we leave in them is is what matters most, and it keeps you going. So I think I'm just hopeful that everybody can, you know, um, either write to their children or you know show more gratitude and um, try to write and and give the thank you and kudos to those older people in your life that have poured into you that maybe you don't think enough. Mm. This cat been dropping the mic all show. And uh, we're going to go ahead and, and wrap this up, man. I really appreciate you stopping through. There's a whole lot of stuff that you said that is very, very helpful. And I'm going to really play this back even for myself and, and pull out some of those nuggets. So thank you for your time and thank you for pouring out what you did, you know, for for today's episode. And you listeners. Hey, this guy, you heard it and it came from the heart and it wasn't about transactions. It's about what can you do pulling from what you already have within you to maximize your life. And the underlying current of it all was you have the goods to make it happen. So stop shortchanging yourself and get it done. So thank you all for listening today. I really appreciate your support of the podcast. Remember to like, share, and subscribe to the Communication Guru Podcast. <laughs> also be on the lookout for Morning Tempspirations, which are my, my vlog, which you can find on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, where I just try to give inspirational, encouraging words to help you live the best life that you can. Because sometimes you need some wind behind yourselves and add a boy or add a girl at just the right moment. So be on the lookout for that. And then finally, if you have a communication issue that you want some assistance with, feel free to drop me a line sometime at Tim at Tim McMurtry International.com. Tim at Tim McMurtry International.com. We can set up a free 15 to 30 minute consultation or discovery call. And if you can include in that line drop a brief description of what the challenge is, we can see if we can help you get past that. So thanks again for listening. I really appreciate it. Blessing and increase to you. Until next time. Bam. <laughs>